Chapter 7 By the third day, the boys were so hungry that when Hungry Bob brought the daily slop, they actually ate some of it. They picked carefully through the lumps, still, to Hungry Bob's delight, passing on the wriggling ones and choking down others as best they could. But it wasn't enough food, not nearly enough. Hunger now clawed constantly at their bellies. Peter, still wondering if it was such a good thing to be the leader, was feeling an intense pressure to do something. He had given up on pleading the boys' case to Captain Pembridge. Several times now, the boys had heard the captain staggering around on the main deck, shouting senseless commands. I heave to the arm the stizens, a furl the yardarm. To the vast enjoyment of the crew, Pembridge sounded even more confused than he'd been the first day. The sailors mocked him openly now. No, Pembridge would be no help. And Peter didn't dare approach Slank. To ask him for better food would be asked for a lashing. And so, as the third day turned into the third night, and the boys prepared for another restless, hungry night in their dank little cabin, listening to James whimpering and Scott's scuttling, Peter made up his mind. He would steal some food. There had to be decent food on the ship. Slank surely wasn't eating the swill that the boys got. And he just as sure wasn't feeding it to the first-class passengers, like that girl Molly and her governess. No, they were eating decent food, and Peter meant to have some of it. He figured it was stored in the aft part of the ship where the important people slept, and the valuable items were stored. He'd done some poking around, and determined that there was no way he could go aft below decks without passing through the crew's quarters, where he would surely be seen. His plan, then, was to wait for dark, then sneak aft to the main deck. He waited until an hour past sunset. Then, carefully detaching himself from the clump of dozing boys huddled together on the floor for warmth and protection from the rats. Tubby Ted continued to snore, but James sat up, rubbing his eyes, and said, Peter, where are you going? Quiet! I'm going to go look for food! I'll go with you, said another voice. Prentice. And I, said Thomas, uh, bring me back a ham sandwich, said Tubby Ted, awakened by the talk of food. I'm going alone, duck, Peter said, ducking out of the room, and I'll bring back what I can. Be careful, said James behind him. Then some cheese, said Tubby Ted. Peter climbed the ladder way to the deck, poked his head up and looked around. He saw a small knot of crewmen a few yards aft, looking off the ship's port rail, talking. Other, otherwise, the deck appeared to be empty. He eased himself out of the ladderway and slid on his belly to the starboard side, away from the men. Then, on hands and knees, he crawled aft. As he neared the stern of the ship, he heard loud talk and laughter coming from the cabin window. He recognized Slank's booming voice and the high-pitched giggle of Molly's governess, Mrs. Bumbrick. Oh, Mr. Slank, you are a devil. That I am, Mrs. Bumbrick, and you know what they say. What do they say, Mr. Slank? They say the devil takes the hindmost. Then Peter heard Mrs. Bumbrick emit a very ungoverness-like squeal, followed by what sounded like a slap, followed by some thumping, then more squealing, then more thumping and laughing. Uh, from the sound of it, Peter figured they wouldn't be breaking up the party anytime soon. Well, that takes care of Slank, he thought. Now 
All I have to do is worry about the big man with the whip. He checked around to make sure nobody was watching, then got to his feet, tiptoed aft, and descended some steps to a dimly lit corridor flanked by four cabin doors. Molly's probably in one of those cabins, he thought, moving silently, till he reached a narrow ladderway leading down. Heart pounding, he descended the ladder and found himself in darkness. He felt his way along the floor with his feet, toes outstretched. Then he stood still for perhaps a minute, waiting as his eyes began to pick up what little light filtered down the ladderway from above. He saw, he saw he was in a long, low space. At the end of the doorway was... Peter froze. On the floor by the doorway was a man's body. It laid slump against the wall, head lagging sideways, and... And it was snoring. Peter relaxed a little. He peered at the sleeping man's face and recognized him as a member of the crew. Next to the man on the floor was a lantern, which apparently had gone out. The man's right hand was loosely curled around a wooden club about two feet long. He's on watch. He's guarding the door, and he let the lantern go out. Or he put it out, and he fell asleep. Peter thought some more. If he's on watch, whatever's in that room is important. Maybe they keep the good food in there. He hesitated, weighing the risk of waking the guard against the hope of finding food. Then his stomach growled, making the decision for him. Peter crept forward, keeping an eye on the sleeping man. He reached the door and put his hand on the knob, worried that the door would be locked, only to find that not only was it unlocked, it was slightly ajar. Well, that's odd. Peter gently pushed the door open and stepped inside. Again, he waited for his eyes to adjust as this room was even darker. He heard a scuttling sound, but it was one he'd become all too familiar with. Rats. Oh, please don't bite me. I'm here for the same reason you are. In a few moments, he began to make out a bulky shape, perhaps five feet in front of him. Holding his hands before him, sliding his feet, he started towards it and... What was that? It was a noise in the corridor. Something moving. Oh, it sounds too big to be a rat. Peter froze again, peering towards the source of the sound, and he saw something green. No, two green things glowing, hovering. Peter stared at them and realized. Those are eyes. But what has eyes that glow like that? Peter was not interested in finding out. He turned and bolted for the doorway and whoomp! Peter bounced off a stout belly, body, and fell backward onto the floor. He'd run into the guard, who was now awake and unhappy. Oh! said the guard, stumbling backward. He caught himself and lumbered forward into the room, shouting, What do you think you're... Oh! The guard, sealing poorly in the dark room, had tripped over Peter's legs. He stumbled and pitched forward head first, falling and striking something behind Peter. Seeing his chance to escape, Peter scrambled to his feet and darted through the doorway, determined to get out of there as quickly as possible, only to stop when he heard the sailors astonished. What? Unable to control his curiosity, Peter risked a backwards glance. The guard was on his hands and knees next to the bulky shape on the floor. Peter, his eyes now fully adjusted to the darkness, recognized it as the canvas-wrapped cargo he'd seen being carried aboard the ship. 
the guard, his mouth agape, was staring at something above the shape. A rat in midair. A rat was floating in midair. Peter blinked his eyes, but there was no question. The rat was suspended in space, as if hanging from a string, but there was no string. As Peter and the guard stared at the rat, it waved its legs slowly, almost languidly, as if swimming, and began to drift towards the doorway, towards Peter. Peter knew he should run, but he couldn't move his legs, couldn't take his eyes off the airborne rodent now coming through the doorway. When it was about two feet away, it seemed to notice him, and moving its right feet in a paddling motion, altered its course to the left so as to just miss Peter's head. Riveted to the spot, Peter watched it come, swiveling his head as it drew closer, closer, and Peter jumped as a hand gripped his arm. Peter, a voice whispered. Peter jerked his head around and saw Molly. Where did she come from? Molly, what are... You need to get out of here now, she said, pulling him away from the doorway. Behind him, Peter heard the guard stumbling to his feet. Here now! Stop, whoever you are! Peter felt Molly dragging him to the ladder. Come on, she said, reaching the ladder and swiftly ascending it. Peter followed, his mind swirling now, thinking about the flying rat, and remembering the eyes he'd seen glowing in the dark. Molly has green eyes. They reached the next deck. Behind and below them, the guard was still yelling for them to stop. Peter started towards the stairway leading up to the main deck, but Molly grabbed his arm, opened a door, pulled him inside, and closed the door behind them. It was a small cabin, but cozy. Two bunks, one slung over the other, a tiny bureau. The cabin smelled of lavender and face powder. This was obviously where Mrs. Where Mrs. Bumbrick and Molly stayed. Molly? What? He was silenced as Molly clapped her hand over his mouth. She nodded towards the door. Peter heard the sound of boots clomping down the stairway that passed the cabin door. Big boots. The man with the whip, thought Peter. Little Richard. Molly silently opened the door just as the top of the huge man's head disappeared down the ladderway. Go, said Molly, pushing Peter out the door before Slank gets here. All right, but what was that? There's no time. Here, take this. She turned, snatched a brown paper package from the bureau, and shoved it into his hands. Now go! Peter heard more step, boot steps on the deck. Clutching the package, he raced up the stairway and, keeping low, scooted forward along the ship's starboard rail. Behind him, he heard more yelling. One of the voices was slanks, but Peter's path was clear, and he reached the forward ladder unnoticed. He darted down it and, with great relief, ducked into the boy's little cramped space, which at this moment, seemed almost pleasant. James sat up. Peter, you're back! Peter slumped to the floor, breathing hard, his heart pounding. What happened? said Prentice. Are you all right? You look scared, said Thomas. I'm not scared, said Peter too quickly. What happened? repeated Prentice. Well, Peter wasn't sure how much he should tell or how much the others would believe. There was this room, and... Did you get food? interrupted Tubby Ted. Well, Pe Peter said he was trying to. You did! 
said Tubby Ted, spying the package and grabbing it from Peter's hands. You got food! But that's... Peter was interrupted by the boys' shouts of delight as Tubby Ted ripped open the brown paper and triumphantly held up a loaf of bread. Peter, you did it! Mm, Yes, said Peter quietly, looking at the bread. Of course! They managed to pry the loaf out of Tubby Ted's hands long enough to divide it five ways. Although they could have eaten several more loaves, the worst of their hunger pangs were satisfied. And after they finished the last crumbs, they all quickly drifted off to sleep. All that is except Peter, who tossed restlessly, reviewing his strange experience in the aft hold, questions swarming in his brain. How could a rat fly? What was going on in that hold? Why were they guarding it? Why was Molly down there? Had those been her eyes he'd seen in the dark? They had to have been. But what kind of person has eyes like that? Eyes that glow in the dark? How on earth could a rat fly? The more Peter pondered these questions, the more he became convinced that the answers, whatever they were, had something to do with that trunk. The same trunk that had made that sailor act so strange on the day the ship left port. Peter went over it again and again in his mind, trying to remember if he'd seen anything else in the hold. There was nothing, he decided. Only the trunk. That was what they were guarding. And I'm going to find out what's in there.